Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hey, everyone, and welcome back, Sarah. Yay. (laughs) Back from a happy holiday. Oh, my gosh. Okay, (laughs) tell us everything. What did everything taste like? Oh, it was such a treat, actually. We had a really, really lovely time. It was so nice to see some sunshine. Um, In Seville. Being a, yeah, in Seville, yes. Mm-hmm. Be in a different place. Have lunch outside and mm. have drinks outside. Um, saw lots of lovely um, architecture. Um, went mm. to visit the cathedral. Mm. Climbed the big, massive cathedral tower. Um, and went to the um, Seville Palace, which is um, still the official residency of the Spanish royal family. Wow. Was it beautiful? It was. Well, <laughs> you don't actually get to see the, any of their kind of quarters, which mm. I'm sure for obvious reasons we kind of know why. But the, the palace itself, where they've still got kind of a lot of the, the rooms and things that are still in, you know, really, really good um, restoration. And they had the most amazing, massive gardens. So they had this wall where the original gardens were, and then they extended it. So one of the um, previous members of the royal of the royal family decided that obviously the garden wasn't big enough, <laughs> even though it was gigantic. And they wow. extended this garden, and it had um, all different influences, like English, Asia. Um, it was wow. just, it was amazing, just beautiful. Oh. Just wow. really kind of every single room you went into just was just like out of this world. You, oh. By the end of it, it was a good sort of two and a half hours around it. But by the end of it, you kind of have this sensory overload. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you just, you know, you can't imagine kind of what it would have been like to live in those times mm. and live in those surroundings. Wow. Oh, that sounds amazing. So, and yeah. gorgeous and opulent. <gasps> Yes, wow. so it was very, very nice. We got lost a lot in the streets of Seville. Ah, so nice. <laughs> Which was good fun, I have to say. That's beautiful. Not the same as being lost in the streets of Toronto, for example. <laughs> Bit of a different dilemma. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, just so nice to just connect and have some time out. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, highly recommend it for your relationships. Nice. And remember that, what was it, the 222, um, have a date night every two weeks, every two months go on like a little tiny thing and then every two years have like a major trip? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You got it. Yeah. But it's done differently in the UK, right? Because you guys like travel, like it is all about taking the vacations. Yeah, I think people are kind of definitely, um, definitely up for vacations, although there was a lot of Americans in Seville, a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Um, and there was quite a lot of people kind of who were doing big European trips. Like ah. we chatted to a couple who were sat next to us uh, one evening and they, he had just retired and had this big bucket list that just come from Portugal oh. uh, down to Seville. And then they were traveling off somewhere else. And you just think, yeah, that's the life. <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. So, For some reason, like bucket lists are really on my, on the minds of my clients because a, a mm. fair amount of them are going through big transitions um and they're really finding it devastating that they don't know who they are they don't know what they like to do because perhaps they're getting divorced or 
it's become clear that they have to stand on their own two feet in their lives or they're having a career shift. So the blank canvas is asking them to say, okay, well, what's your bucket list? What would you like to experiment with, learn a new skill, a new travel? The other thing that I'm saying as well is people kind of really just having complete changes of direction like Mm -hmm. and moving away from this model of having a career for life you stick Mm. with it and then that's it like (laughs) not anymore Mm -mm. (laughs) but there's so many people that are turning towards more creative outlets Mm -hmm. so whether it's kind of like a hobby stroke side hustle but they're putting Mm -hmm. their kind of energy and their emphasis into it Mm -hmm. so it's maybe not being kind of their full change of career direction but they're looking for just other ways to kind of release some of that creativity oh hell yeah yeah um so uh, I, I received, so probably about every six months, like I buy bar soap from this little, um, there's a store that used to be downtown Toronto, but in the pandemic, they shut their storefront and they mm. just went up sort of like out of town outside of the, uh, and I love the the little shipment. I could buy soap mm. that's way cheaper at any pharmacy that's sort yeah. of mass produced and from mm. wherever. Um, but it's such a delight to support small businesses because I'm a small yeah. business. And the more that we choose small businesses in our holiday shopping or in Mm. our day-to-day like consumable goods, we are supporting somebody's side hustle. We're supporting somebody uh, exiting the grind. Yeah. The mill. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it does make you wonder though, what's the future of of the workplace and how we kind of choose to make a living. Totally. And, And you and I with our career coaching hats that we we uh well I'll say that I I do a fair amount of career coaching Mm. as well and oh my gosh it is it's in flux and we don't we have no idea yeah Yeah. it's super interesting yeah it is times Mm. buckle up yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah here's to travel definitely worth it yeah you've got it you've got it absolutely um so what uh dispatching from Seville what is the relationship desk of love coming up with right now well, I've got something that you might be interested in from your medical background. Oh, yes. Please tell me more. <laughs> Will you just show me your cat there, Anna? <laughs> I did. I did. I had to pick her up. My cat can't jump. So I had to give her a little uh, boost up onto my lap. Oh, and, uh, very nice. So she, very nice. she made a little uh, cameo appearance on our video screen, yes, which I'm, <laughs> unfortunately the viewer can't, can't see. But uh, yeah. Some days that's her the best. <laughs> and I'm talking from my perspective you always look gorgeous <laughs> oh no my dear we're not wearing pants almost ever <laughs> <laughs> all right so whilst I was on my travels I saw a little post hmm. and it was all about you didn't so the title is you didn't win the sperm race <gasps> Jeez, wonderful okay oh my gosh <laughs> so it goes on then to talk about um according to new research from Stockholm University you didn't win the sperm race, but rather you were selected by the female egg that chose you oh. by releasing compounds called oh. chemoattractants that can trigger sperm to change swimming direction by attracting or repelling sperm of its choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I wasn't quite content with uh, just reading this little post. I kind of thought, Ooh. I've got to see if that's really true. You've got to um, go deeper. Yes, but apparently it is, right? So uh-huh. this research was done between um, 
Stockholm University and Manchester University. And they were, you know, they wanted to do some research around uh, fertility and there are um, certain cases of, of um, fertility and infertility that are unexplained. So the, mm. they didn't really have any answers. So they wanted to get some some research to understand it. And sure enough, the egg is the one that chooses which sperm it would like to be um, connected with. Oh, interesting. So what Mm. it doesn't say is why it happens, because I was then kind of even more intrigued to think, well, how does it know? So, but it does talk about the fact that we as human beings spend a long time selecting our partners. We have kind of certain criteria, but then actually within us biologically, then, you know, parts of our body may then be rejecting that Mm. said partner Mm. by not allowing them to um, have a baby. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it was fascinating. It is. So we know that the sperm brings the genetic material that that determines whether the um, the embryo is going to be XY or XX. So that's uh, mm. that's the sex of the of the embryo. Um, but what I was I always remembered that it wasn't clear cut that the gender uh, or sort of the, the 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 sex was not completely determined. There was some sort of like unknown factor that mm. that would that was actually being um determined by the egg so this yeah. completely makes sense i completely yeah. buy into this yeah yeah there's a little je ne sais quoi that little yeah. egg yeah. And i think there's i mean it just like the human body i just think it's so so fascinating i think um you know people in general are fascinating that's why i love the work that we, yeah. we do because you just get to kind of understand people um and almost kind of see a movie of their life um yeah. we're very privileged to be in that position mm-hmm. uh for people to share some of those things that, that, that they share with us yeah. um but i just think the whole thing like how we work as human bodies both kind of biologically psychologically physiologically mm-hmm. like i just find the whole thing fascinating so i love stuff like this yeah so yeah. you know eggs can swipe le- left and swipe right <laughs> that's great <laughs> they sure can they yeah. sure can uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, so yeah a little Wonderful. bit of science this week on the love desk oh thanks sarah that's great feels good <laughs> good place to start it does it yeah. does should we um hop to a hot topic yes let's go okay course correcting in your relationship oh yes (laughs) (laughs) yes yes please (laughs) i love the way i just drop out a topic and anna goes okay (laughs) (laughs) oh yes who doesn't need a good course correct oh my gosh as in tell me more who's like heading right straight to the rocks and uh needs to get that ship on a different gps path yeah okay so course correcting yeah. The reason why I think this is cool is because a lot of us, uh, a, it's very hard to have faith that you can actually show up differently and do mm. something differently in your relationship. Because man, it feels like your patterns of conflict are pretty well worn. Yeah. And how on earth could we manage anything different? It's sometimes hard yeah. to feel that hope. Yeah. I, I also feel that with this topic, it is about people feel like there needs to be a big massive shift transformation and that feels impossible it feels Mm. overwhelming feels like I can't do that Mm -hmm. or when you're stuck in a hole like how am I ever going to get out of this like Mm. we are going around in the same circles Mm -hmm. time and time again 
And often we know that we love each other as people, but we can't kind of get beyond that. We can't get past it. And it feels insurmountable. Mm-hmm. What I like about this idea of a, for the hot topic this week is, you know, course correction is about changing things by a slight degree to end up in a different place eventually Mm -hmm. and we know that that's kind of what happens in you know if a ship is traveling across the ocean and the course correct by kind of a a degree or two then they'll end up somewhere completely different over time yeah and distance and the same is true for relationships and we often don't need big changes or big shifts we need but we do need some focused effort Mm -hmm. and we need to understand where some of the challenges are and then to be able to address those just slowly, you know, one at a time and not feel like we have to suddenly take on this gigantic task to transform who we are, who our partner is and mm-hmm. how the relationship is. That's what I love about it. Or to do multiple things at the same time. Yes. Yeah. We don't necessarily need to fix all 1000 issues altogether. Yeah. yeah. Because even just making a tiny shift on one can change a dynamic where it actually has a snowball effect on two others. Yeah. 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 And how you kind of, I think sometimes if you can release the pressure valve in one specific area in the relationship, the rest of it just doesn't often feel as bad. Mm -hmm. So if we can address that one bit, I think there can be such a shift of energy within the relationship and within ourselves and and who we are as people that can be enough actually to lighten the load so much more Mm -hmm. in some of those other areas so it's a bit like the the ripple effect when you drop a pebble into a pond it kind of carries Mm -hmm. on going doesn't it It ripples out and you can see that for for time to come and then eventually it just kind of dissipates and the water finds its level again Yeah, yeah it's exactly the same in the relationship if we can just drop a tiny pebble into one little part of the relationship that's not working it will have a ripple effect and hopefully in a positive way (laughs) and improve the relationship right well and actually so so actually let's let's drive the other point home is if there's something that does change and it might seem small but it is it it creates conflict is that if it keeps going unchecked it Mm. will create similarly if there's a course correction in a in a way that doesn't serve the relationship it will get bigger and bigger and bigger so and you'll move further and further away from the destination that you want it to be in yeah yeah it could be something as small as a lot of things have changed after the pandemic where some people have started taking on activities that are not joined with their spouse and that can be a really Mm. positive thing you you know it breaks up the codependence it helps you to be differentiated but if there's something that really takes away energy from your relationship and actually lends negative energy to the relationship Mm. doing that week after week is actually going to have a substantial effect in driving a wedge between you both yeah and this is where you move to more of a kind of functional transactional relationship Mm. because you're not spending that time together you're not you haven't got those same things that used to connect you and bind you as human beings we need that human connection Mm -hmm. to feel and you need that physical connection and, uh, you know, I'm not just talking about kind of from a, a sexual perspective, but you need to be in the same space mm-hmm. and to be able to have, you know, face to face conversations. This is why long distance relationships are so hard, because mm. often it can be kind of out of sight, out of mind and no longer feel connected to you. And if you're somebody who physical touch is really important, then even just kind of, you know, holding hands when you walk down the street or you know a kind of you know a gentle stroke of the shoulders whatever it is that Mm -hmm. physical 
connection is that if that's super important to you mm. and then you're no longer getting that time to be able to actually reach out to your partner then that is going to be tricky for you as a as a person yes yes you know same way you know a lot of us connect through language through having conversations through sharing our day through um kind of fun is is one of our strongest connections so when there's not that space and time to have fun then actually becomes quite dull and yeah I get quite frustrated and yeah, yeah. I feel disconnected um I, you know I feel like you know you end up if that goes on for too long you think well what, what's the point yeah why are you yes. why are we in this and then we start to question yeah. the relationship and then when we're in that space we start to then look for all the all the evidence that backs up the fact that actually we're in the wrong relationship and mm-hmm. before you know it like you're in a whole different space and place mm-hmm. yeah Amen, sister. You're preaching the facts. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. So I think it is, you know, it's important to think about, um, you know, how do we take some kind of small but significant steps and changes to impact our relationship and and what we do and how we do will depend on where some of your biggest challenges are. And so I think it is about identifying those those specific challenges and then looking for what's an antidote to that. Mm-hmm. so how do I if I was you know and, and maybe ask yourself this question if I was going to course correct if I was just going to change it by one or two degrees what would I be doing differently mm. what would mm-hmm. I ask my partner to do differently and then that kind of takes away some of that pressure around um having to come up with all the answers to solve all the problems overnight yeah oh I love I love this mm. so it can be the tiniest thing that over time, if done consistently, can make a really, that can bring you guys together yeah. and create a lot more ease and ease yeah. a lot of conflict. But similarly, yeah. it can be the smallest thing that over time can also drive a wedge between you. So yeah. what I like mm-hmm. is don't underestimate the small things. Yeah. 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 It's something I talk a lot about in the um, Relationship Reset uh, program, online program that I've got. It's all about taking small but significant steps and when you add them together over time then you do actually notice an energy shift and that shift might not be massive but any shift towards that kind of more positive aspect towards a healthier relationship will over time serve you because as you say if you carry on with those habits and carry on with that momentum eventually you'll get to a space where you're just like God, I don't even remember the last time when we were unhappy. Like things just feel great. Things just yeah. work. Things are in flow. And that's kind of where we want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess to that point, uh, I had a really, uh, I, I had a client say something really fantastic, which is um, I can't keep going into every conversation expecting that there will be a successful outcome at the end of this conversation. And unless I get that positive response from my partner, that it wasn't successful. I can't look at the outcome because I just have to keep showing up in that way. And I Mm. will not immediately get feedback that much is happening and it could take months. And so I I have to remove myself from expecting an outcome. And, and, and to, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for my clients because, you know, we're so used to, well, do something. And if you get the intended result, then you'll do it again. But what about doing something where nothing seems to change? And you're like, well, I'm just going to keep doing that thing for five months straight. But the key thing about that is, though, you've got no idea really what impact you're having because the majority of stuff happens below the surface, right? And it's going on Mm -hmm. inside of that monologue that's happening 24-7. 
and often we're not great at sharing some of that discussion that's going on within ourselves or the feelings that we have inside the body or whatever it is so there's that and and a lot of time as well people take different times to process things so I might not get a reaction straight away from you to something that I've done oh yeah but I might get something kind of you know two months down the line that says do you know what I've been reflecting on kind of where we were two months ago and some of the behaviors and some of the actions and actually I really appreciated that you you know did this and you carried on doing that and despite the fact that you probably felt you were getting nothing back and it could come at any time mm-hmm. and I think you know then trusting that actually I'm doing something with the with the right intention I'm showing up in the right way mm-hmm. and I'm doing it without expecting some immediate gratification from that and I'm going to trust that this is that I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm just going to trust it's going to work out mm-hmm. it's it's hard and just it's like really you hard. have yeah, like all <laughs> things that are worthwhile it's all hard um you've got your own script in your head and your partner has their own script in their mm. head and and some of the time um when I'm coaching somebody their partner is so fixed to the idea that that my client is broken and that my client will never change it takes additional time of consistent mm. showing up and consistent uh, a consistent pattern of change because their partner is trying to hold on to the story that yeah. um that they may never actually say, you know what, I really noticed that you're showing up differently. You may never hear that from your partner ever. Yeah. You just may actually notice that they start to shift their behavior a little bit. Grudgingly, they kind of start to let go of that story, but it but takes o- persistence. Yeah. But often also you'll notice that if where I, where, if I'm going to show up and I'm going to make more effort and I'm going to try and improve things in the relationship, you, what you will notice is you might not get that conversation back that says, okay, I'm noticing the things that you're doing and I appreciate it because it does take a lot to kind of say say those words. We're not, depending on what's happened in the past, we might not be programmed in that way. So it mm. can be quite difficult. That can feel like quite a hard, um, you know, a hard thing to say um, mm-hmm. and to show that appreciation, you know, m- maybe that was just never part of how things were done. But I think often what you do notice is a change in the behavior in, mm. in your partner as a result of your own changes of behavior. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Don't wait for the words, wait for the behavior. Yeah. It's generally like a softening. It, yeah. It's generally like a, the, the, your partner's not coming back with conflict or with opposition that they're yeah. just kind of letting things sort of sit peacefully. And it might be that their your partner gives you a bit of great grace or cuts you a bit of slack that they wouldn't generally yeah. give you. Yeah. And that's the, that's the starting point, isn't it? That's the oh, ice huge. starting to thaw. Ah, yep. And take that. Absolutely oh my take god it. take that yeah and let that <laughs> you know, let that motivate you that because yeah. that's the goal that's the ice thawing yeah mm. you're not looking for yeah uh, you're not looking for like kudos verbal kudos yeah. you're looking for like that feeling of ice thawing just a little bit yeah yeah and we're not talking about the may thaw we're talking about like a little bit of a temporary like mid-february thaw <laughs> it could still freeze up again <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it's something and often we do you know in life we'll go th- through a kind of more jagged process any sort of change or transformation is not straight line it's you know we're gonna have setbacks we're gonna and it doesn't um you know I've I've done a lot of personal development and there are still times where I'm like fuck am I still not done yet <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like surely I must be so, done yet and it kind of isn't like that, is it? Because, you know, life wants to give yet? you, 
Yeah, are we nearly there yet? <laughs> Stop the bus, I want a wee wee. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it's yeah. not, that's just not how it works, right? So we continue to um, to be sent different lessons. We continue to learn more about ourselves. Um, if we can, we try and continue to learn more about our partner. And, you know, hopefully we can then kind of be on that path together and get stronger as a, as a result. Yep, you've got it. Yep, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely freezing here today. And um, I had somebody to come and fix the lock on my door who then had to take the lock out of the door and then drive it to a workshop to go and fix something in it whilst my door was kind of flapping open in the cold. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit chilly. Oh, God. Oh, God. That sounds absolutely horrendous <laughs> yeah he said do you mind if I take this away and I was like you are bringing it back today though right <laughs> <laughs> with your door flapping in the wind yeah don't fancy sleeping with my door wide open oh tonight <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the door is fixed you'll be pleased to hear <laughs> oh good oh good that's awesome all righty shall we oh. uh enough about my um DIY antics <laughs> shall we um shall we oh. jump to a question hey, let's do it yeah Today's question. I'm living with my girlfriend. The relationship is awful, but I can't afford to break up with her as we split the rent. What should I do? Wow. This is really common. I'm meeting the, uh, this a fair amount, not necessarily mm. in the people I'm coaching, but I'm just hearing it on the yeah. street. Mm. And I think that as inflation yeah. has been such a monster and we're going into a holiday and that's a whole mm. other thing and we're going to a yeah. recession this is going to be really common yeah. it could be uh, a girlfriend it could be a spouse yeah uh, but this feeling of not being able to leave because you can't afford to live independently yeah yeah okay it's so it's a monstrous horrendous relationship basically yeah well i mean they certainly said the relationship was awful the, you know, this desire to want to be somewhere different, I think can take over um, psychologically. It can have a real impact on you as a human being to be in a situation that you feel is untenable, but you feel like you've got no options and no choice. Mm. And to have to go through that over a prolonged period of time and yeah. still see no way out, I think is yeah. where you get this kind of, you know, kind of depression then can descend because we feel like we have no options and we're at the mercy of everything around us. Yeah. So that's quite, uh, you know, we would talk about catabolic energy, which is quite destructive over time. It can damage your health. Um, it can have impacts in, you know, lots of ways to us as human beings to be in a situation where we feel trapped and caged. Yes, and when you don't feel safe in your own house and you don't feel comfortable in your house, there's no refuge, like, mm. yeah, uh, that feels like... I mean, yeah, often, I mean, often you're oh right, your home is your sanctuary, right? It's where you go to mm -hmm. close the door to lock everybody else out that you don't want to be with. Um, but in this instance, you're actually locking yourself in with somebody you don't want to be with. <laughs> so not much, as you say, yeah. not much of a sanctuary. I can imagine the atmosphere must be quite hard as well. Um, assuming the other person kind of is sensing the same thing as well, when you've got that kind of level of tension... Mm -hmm. um then I would imagine the atmosphere is is pretty pretty awful too no totally mm. yeah. this this is really this is really triggering my get out 
vibes <laughs> my get out instinct you're on you're on the escape list right now oh my god i'm like i'm like thinking of like how the hell do we get this person out and what how do we think about sort of financial planning or mm-hmm. or sort of looking beyond some money blocks is there any way to be able to um like is this strictly a money block or is this a it's horrible but I kind of secretly want it to work or I'm just kind of scared of being alone. Maybe it's not the money. Maybe it's just fear of being alone. So definitely getting my get out vibes. But at the same, I guess for me, you know, I know I'm supposed to coach folks around, you know, doing hard things and maybe you're able to work on your relationship, but there's a point of no return where there's such a toxicity and there's a forced cohabitation. Mm. At the very least, I think that separation is I, I think that the the first and foremost, this person feels like they're at the mercy in their lev- living situation. I, I can't see yeah. that being an ideal place where they can work on the relationship no, if no. they're being trapped. I think, yeah, we've always, we talk all the time about the fact that you're always in choice. Mm-hmm. And we've got choices, even in this situation. The challenge is seeing those choices for what they are. Mm-hmm. And we often get so caught up in the emotion the drama, the kind of more of that catabolic energy that we find it very difficult to actually see any possibilities. It mm-hmm. just feels horrendous. And I, so I imagine this is where this person is. Um, we don't know how bad the relationship is. Um, you know, we've got one word there, awful, but we don't know mm-hmm. to what degree does that lend its its space. We don't know how long the relationship's been going on. We don't know whether they want to stay in it, don't want to stay in it. But I think the first, the first point is to look at kind of you know at a basic level what choices do you have and you've always got the choice really whether to stay or go and that choice to go might not feel like it's something that's within grasp right now but it's about exploring that okay so if I did have somewhere to go or if there was a possible way to get out what would that look like you know what are the things that are stopping me holding me back what are the things that could actually help me to move forward towards that goal and that's the way I would kind of start to look at it. And it's really, really hard because you've kind of got to lift yourself above that emotional space that you're in, yeah. you know, that I can only imagine that this person is in. You know, is there a way to reframe the situation? So is there a way to kind of, you know, what is it that I'm seeing in this relationship that makes me feel like it's so bad? Mm. And is there a different way to look at that? So, you know, that's that's always an option. What would happen if you were truly honest with your girlfriend and just said, look, I'm really, really unhappy right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what options do we have? Do you have an option to share the space, but in a kind of, you know, in a less intimate relationship way? You know, are, are there kind of some options there? I just think we can, there is always that ability to explore. And once you kind of start to unpick things a little bit, things, you know, can often, the, the right solution or answer will often then kind of come along for you yeah you've got it Uh, there's a number of people I know who are separating right now but Mm. they have neither the financial means or it's getting into the holidays so they don't want to disrupt things for their kids so they're setting up separate living arrangements in the same house that's happening all over the place yeah yeah and not only setting up a separate arrangement but also sticking to it so I have somebody who is finding that they're saying look and they've had a really hard conversation with their partner um, and there's an agreement to separate but then there's this tendency to kind of slide into each other's beds and that is needing yeah (laughs) I mean and that that might be part of your arrangement that's fine but um, this person who in particular has found that that is not working for them so they've gone back to their partner to say look that can't happen we need to have boundaries set can you help me with those boundaries yeah um, 
I have a feeling that we're going to be in at least four to five weeks of makeshift separation, um, mm. physical separation. Yeah. Uh, so um, if it feels horrible, then you're not alone because a lot of people are needing to yeah. do this right now. Yeah. yeah. And it is, you know, we've got to acknowledge that this situation is hard for people. Oh, gosh. And, yeah. um, you know, being able to lift yourself kind of up and above it to try and kind of get, you know, get some height to see some of the options and to see things uh, for what they are is quite difficult. Um, But if you can kind of try and elevate it slightly above the, you know, the kind of the core of what's happening, then there is that possibility to just have some more visibility about what choices you do have. And, you know, what would, what would be a safe and comfortable next move to make? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm just <laughs> caught up in all the feelings for everybody go, who's going through this right now. I yeah, know. This is, I know. this is, that's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's not going to be hard forever. Like you've said, right. That th- those are Sarah's magical words. It is hard right now, <laughs> but it's not going to be hard forever. No, nothing, nothing lasts forever. Happiness doesn't and sadness doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Get kind of waves of things that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read something recently, it was about sadness and, um, you know, saying how we shouldn't have sadness in our lives and we should try and live every day as a happy day. And I just, I found myself being really annoyed by it. Oh, that's, that is terrible. That's a, you know, it's so funny because I've been really sad, very lonely. I've been a really quiet, melancholy place and I've been kind of withdrawing a little bit and not in an unhealthy way, but just sort of in a real way that just... I've been really just kind of sinking in the feelings of melancholy for a few weeks. Yeah. And for some reason, I woke up to this morning and I was like, oh, I, something feels a little bit better. Just feels mm. like for whatever reason, yeah. a cloud kind of parted and I can see a yeah. bit of the sunshine. I was like, shit, it feels nice. Wow. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I would not enjoy this morning as much if I hadn't gone through these weeks of yeah. shit. And yeah. you know what? It's not going to, this nice feeling is not going to last forever either. It's going to go, yeah. you know, there's going to be waxing and waning. But for now, mm. in, this, in this morning, I'm feeling nice. Yeah. I'm, there's a lightness mm. and I, you know, yeah. Yeah. But like, so to the person who's like never experienced sadness, please, you know, <laughs> go and do, yeah, yeah. get out of here. Get out of yeah. town with your nonsense stuff. You know, yeah. and we had the quote, didn't we, from the Queen, which was about the price you pay for love is to mm. is is grief, right? So there are always gonna be times when we'll have these moments where but as you say, you've got to you've got to experience kind of all ranges of it and mm-hmm. you've got to be able to have some of those happy times that will, you know, then naturally kind of follow with yeah. times that are less happy. Yeah. And it I don't know, it helps us to remember that we're still alive. It helps us to remember oh. that we're still human. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're not infallible. No. And it's just love songs, man. We are. Exactly. Love songs. Like, this is why these... <laughs> I have like to tell country. <laughs> tell me, right, listen, recently, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I have um, started watching Nashville on um, oh. one of the kind of box set channels over here. Oh. And it is all about country and heartbreak. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. I am definitely feeling it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes heartbreak feel delicious. Like yeah. it just, oh my God, that just that, that inconsolable sadness mm. is beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that you're having a lighter day today. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> and lighter. Your, your clouds have parted. Yeah, for now it has. Yeah. And that's great. 
I'm willing to It's an interesting that. day. Yeah. It is neither good nor bad. It just is yeah. what it is. Mm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Need the fish in the fowl. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, my lovely, I shall um, let you enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And you, your evening. Yes. Yes. Enjoy. It's very dark outside. It's definitely oh, yeah. evening. <laughs> oh my God, guys. We're marching on to the winter solstice. Uh, yeah. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Not long. I know. Hang in. Hang in. Starting it's to then. your way. Inflection point. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.